Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. That's Thursday nights, ABC, TGIT. And this is the official podcast, Shondaland Revealed. It is the official podcast for the Shondaland TGIT shows, which is very exciting because we are going to talk about the amazing double episode season finale of How to Get Away with Murder, which as far as I'm concerned came too soon but was phenomenal all the same. And we got a lot to talk about. And I want you guys to know that we have the best person possible here today who very, very kindly has come during his hiatus to talk about these episodes and his characters. And that would be the astonishing Asher, Matt McGorry. Thank what, you so what? much for coming. What, what? <laughs> You're very sweet. Thank um, you, thanks for having me. So Matt is wearing today, as is tradition, we like to say what Matt's wearing so people can picture you as right. we're talking. Right. He's wearing a t-shirt with a sort of gray, Mushroom sort of color t-shirt. Mushroom, interesting. I would almost mushroom. go like, uh, I, I wear this, I think, when I have like military auditions. Do you... <laughs> it's like a desert storm sort it's a of desert, color. It's a little not khaki, but it's in the khaki That's family. That's right, it's in the khaki family. I think it's yeah. like khaki adjacent. Right, exactly. Right? And we've got a great blue sweatshirt on, which looks kind of worn, and, and some very fine vintage New Balance. Matching uh, blue. Matching blue. I'm going to say he's he's color coordinated, you guys. Today I am. He kind of pulled his <laughs> shizzle together on the color coordination, because he's got sunglasses that are blue, blue jeans, his sweet little hoodie and some very nice kind of old style New Balances, yeah, right? Yeah, but not too much blue, just so you guys know at home. It's not like... It, it's not like blue on blue. It's not right. creepy blue. And I, of course, in the celebration for the finale of How to Get Away with Murder, I'm wearing judges robes because it's very important that I dress thematically for these things. And I'm, of course, in judgment of everything. And what about that episode, right? These two episodes, which are just kind of mind boggling. Rebecca? Crazy. Like dead? Yeah. Absolutely crazy, huh? I mean, I knew it was coming and I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I remember at the table read, I think I actually got I got to the table read a little late that I do, day. I do remember that, actually. Yeah. You didn't punch your time card in. I did not punch my time card in. I actually can't remember now why that was, but oh. But you had a really good reason. That's what it was. It was a good reason. It was a great reason. It was an amazing it reason. It was a great reason. I know, I know. I remember coming and sitting down and then, I think I'd missed a little bit before and then reading that Charlie, uh, or Frank was the one who killed her, and I just absolutely oh, crapped yeah. the bed. Yeah. For a second, I thought I was, I wasn't sure if I was not supposed to be saying something. I was like, no, we've all seen oh, it, no, right? I've seen no. it. Everyone's okay. seen it. It's Great. all good. For a second, I thought I was getting body language. I was like, oh, yeah. God, is this live? You know, Matt and I look, no, exactly. Right. Matt and I are looking at each other right now going like, I'm like, no, they saw it, right? They saw it like, <laughs> like I'm an idiot drunk person. Right. Because I'm sitting here like with a piece of paper in front of me that right. gives all the evidence right. that in fact we have all seen it. Right. I have this panic all the time, by yeah. the way, because I'm watching watching so many episodes of television right. that I can't actually remember. And the great thing about a season finale is there's nothing to spoil. Trust me. I, <laughs> I, I feel very much the same way. And like we put the fear of God in you guys. Yeah. So it's literally like we sit them down, you guys, like before any debut or whatever, just are kind of like, if you say anything about <laughs> anything. And so these poor guys, like little by little by little, like when you listen to them on the red carpet or whatever, you guys essentially are only allowed to say what you had for breakfast. It's right. the weirdest right, thing. Right, right. You guys implant a chip in the in the base of our spine, actually. Yeah, we do. It actually shocks you. Right, it can sense, right. When you speak of a storyline that doesn't involve right. you or is inappropriately And if you divulged. say Lila was killed by, then you just automatically <laughs> shuts down yeah, your whole nervous system. And it's you're just bad. Gone. It's, it's, um, it looks like you're laughing hysterically for, <laughs> for the true. purposes of cameras, but actually you're you're experiencing That's gigantic right. shock. From the very, very beginning, we felt, and Shonda on her shows, and I think Pete to a large degree on this show as well, Pete Nowak who created the show, which you guys know, because you've heard him talk before, but I just like to remind everybody. Hmm. I think that we, from the very beginning, really loved the idea that if at all possible, we didn't want to spoil plot lines mm -hmm. coming up, which was relatively new at that time. 
there was Lost and Us. And then Lost was the same way. Like Lost was crazy right. balls about security. And they had a whole bunch of things put in place that we didn't even do. Like we basically would say like, okay, don't read this. You would like have a full body cavity search before you could get a script out of Lost. I wow. mean, they were the first people to watermark. So we started doing some of that stuff too. And then I think the Marvel family is pretty security based right. too. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, I don't think that people are quite as irritable about it right. as we probably are. And every once in a while, strangely enough, I think it happens sometimes more with guest stars who aren't fully aware. Yeah, and that makes they'll be sense. on a red carpet and they'll say something and it's not their fault because they didn't know. Right. Like very often, as you guys who are listening to this know, the Shondaland shows very often don't give the cast a lot of advance warning as to mm -hmm. what's going to happen next. So in truth, when they say they don't know, they're not lying. Yeah, that's true. Because you don't. Right. It is true. We're still figuring it <laughs> It's out. true. And I don't necessarily know that I care to know things before. You know, like I, I like taking it an episode at a time for me because I think as an actor, I think as just as a person, it's very easy to, you know, when you know where something is going, it's easy to, even if you're not trying to, but sort of end up playing the end of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, mm -hmm. and for me, I like the idea that I can be more in the moment if I don't know exactly where it's going because I can't, you know, I'm not trying to play to something else, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that gives my specific style, you know, I, I like to try and give like a lot of options and takes. And then I think that if I had a better idea of exactly where it was going, I probably would be able to give less options because I'd be mm, this option might not work with that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it does shift, you know, for on the creative end, you know, and with scripts, it shifts, you know, very last minute at times too. So the two just wouldn't really be compatible. And then the other part is, I always like to think that particularly, I mean, one of the cool things about TV is as you do it, it's being written and it's being written towards your strengths generally and, you know, hopefully away from weaknesses, you know. That would be awkward if we all we did was actually write towards your weaknesses. <laughs> that would be really That would awkward. be like sadism TV. Yeah, that'd be that a would great be way like, of forcing someone off their show. It actually would be. It's right. just like, that's interesting. I'm just yeah. going to make a note about that. <laughs> Exactly. It's essentially, it's like, what do they really suck at? Right. Matt's always going to do, these, do gonna these breakdown crying scenes like, exactly. uh, time after time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it's like, I think all super emotional long monologues That's for right. You, yeah, maybe. I would love that. Just really heart-wrenching and super speaking of subtext. Right. But like an emotional monologue, but also with like a lot of legal jargon, I feel like would be That would like be super great. Good. Yeah. If we could throw in maybe you have Exposition to perform surgery, <laughs> that would be good too. That'd be that's great. kind of hard. That's true. Although you're coordinated because you're an athlete. So maybe we'll take the surgery out mm, of it. I'm not really an athlete. I'm you're, just, I'm a pretend athlete. You're kind of an athlete. I, I lift weights so I can, I look like I can be athletic. Then you're an athletic. That's fair. That's fair. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all relative. If you can lift a weight, as far as I'm concerned, that's you're true. athletic. That's fair. It's all fine. Right. I think what's actually really great we have all from the beginning when we started working with you one of the most the best things and a lot of actors don't do this you guys is what matt does is he'll do a line a whole bunch of different ways and he never gets set he just stays loose because there are all these different options and the character could do things mm -hmm. many different ways and they're always true to the character like every single thing you do is true to the character but sometimes what he'll do is he will do a reaction and it will go from very small mm -hmm. to very, very large. Mm -hmm. And when you're in editing and you're trying to figure out the tone of the scene, it is invaluable to mm. have that kind of input because, and you must, when you watch the show, be surprised sometimes at what we use and what we oh, don't use. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because sometimes we use the big, big <laughs> yeah. ass reaction yeah. because there's, there's one a few episodes ago where you're humping a mantelpiece. Right. Which was awesome. Right. Wait, was it the... It was, you're waiting for, it's the, I can't remember if it's like seven or episode seven or eight, but... You're waiting for the bonfire to start and you 
Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yes, in my apartment. You're getting for the party. Right, sure. And there's full-out humping, right. full-out fireplace right, humping. Right. It's great. And there were lots of different ways you did it. There was right. lots of... <laughs> right. But sometimes an episode needs some full-out fireplace humping. Yeah. I'm just going to say. Absolutely. And then other times, I remember we first saw this in the pilot because we were mm. in the auditorium scene, and you got chosen, and you got yourself chosen like about... 15 different ways. <laughs> right. You right. danced, you drove around, you took like 10 minutes, right, you right. took like a second. <laughs> it, was, it was so great. And I think that just is a, it's terrific when you don't get too set because right. it means you're much more able to both listen and be in the moment. Yeah. Oh, I, I 100% think, that, I mean, I think it's sort of functional in terms of also giving you guys the option to create the story you want to create. And yeah. You know, I, I'm not really a person who, uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm a problem solver. So I think by being someone who intrinsically never says, like, my character wouldn't do that, I think you are forced to find the justifications, and you can find the justifications. And I think when, for example, if you imagine that you don't know what your character would do, and basically what your character would do would be the, the version that the editors choose, then you sort of open up a wide range of possibilities. And also, yeah, I just wouldn't be able to do it as well if I was doing the same version every time, because then you stop listening and, and all that other stuff. And But the, yeah, there, there's, look, I'll be honest, there's times where I'm like, uh, like I, I'll give a version of it and I'll hope it makes it in and it, and it doesn't make it in. But I also know that that's, that's me being selfish and it's not necessarily about the best tone of what fits in that scene, for example, mm -hmm. or it might be too distracting because usually I like the ones where I go crazy, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you guys also, like there was two things from, this, from episode 13 that you guys used. There were like completely improvised lines that I loved. And one was um, when Bonnie said Bonnie gets her legal eagle on and I did some weird thing and I said justice, like as the bird was like flying away that I made in my hands. <laughs> And then the other one was when Cicely Tyson walks in behind me and I said, I, I said, they call me Mr. Sex because I like to do it. And she actually laughed on the first take and she broke, she broke during the take, which I thought was also pretty awesome. Okay, so just let's hold for a second. Yeah. You broke Miss Cicely Tyson. I did. I did. That's really impressive. Thank you. Cicely Tyson's had a lot of years under her belt, That's not true. breaking, and That's you true. broke her. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, kind, uh, kind of better than an award. Thank you. I agree. I haven't made Viola laugh on camera yet. Hopefully you'll get there. On my coverage, I made her laugh. Because <laughs> Viola, Viola is so freaking funny. Yeah, she is. When you first meet her, she doesn't present as funny. She presents as kind of shy. Yeah. Like she just, she keeps to herself. And then as she gets more comfortable, she's just not someone who self-censors. Yeah. At all. That's what I tend to, to say when people ask interviews, like, how is it working with Viola? I'm like, she's, we all know she's a great actress, but also she's like really funny. I mean, she's really down to earth and she's just really funny. And she's like, what's she funny about? I'm like, I don't know, I feel like it happens around craft services a lot, you know? I'll get a lot of like, don't judge me, you know, when she's looking at like the donuts or something like that. But Now, let me ask you a question, because mm -hmm. like, what did you think when you heard that it was Frank who did it? Because you and Frank, Asher and Frank, are yeah. they're bros. They're I mean, budding like, bromance. They're budding bromance. It's like there are going to be whole like mashups of your name soon because <laughs> <laughs> like Calzona on Grey's Anatomy. So I was like, holy crap, Frank. Yeah. I thought it was a great choice and really shocking and surprising. And, and well, I guess that's the thing too, is because sometimes people are like, oh, do you have your own theories as to who it would be and this and that? And I was like, I don't bother because... That is wasted time, my It's wasted time. Like you have an entire room of people who write for a living whose job is to come up with an answer that I won't see coming. So why, why like, you know, spend time like beforehand trying to be like, ooh, maybe it's this person. I don't know. That's just not my style, I guess. I'm a very efficient person, maybe. I thought it was great because in some ways, I mean, it, it makes such perfect sense too. Well, what it makes I such perfect sense, but it wasn't, it's not obvious. No, and what I loved about it was, because we were talking about this before the script came out, this notion of, because as soon as it's like, guess what, Frank's the guy with hands on the neck, 
you go back in your head, and he actually did it in the episode, mm. where you go back and you see all the moments where we assume that Frank is that guy, and right. he keeps telling people he's not that guy, right. and so we all believe he's not that guy. And then he's that guy, and then at the very end, she says, did you, did you do this? And he said, no, you know I'm not that guy. And we're like, no, he's totally right. that guy. Right. He's totally, totally, totally that guy. Yeah. What do you mean? And there's this really ghoulishly funny moment where he says, wait, I thought you did it. And she said, no, <laughs> I, I didn't do it. It's just great because everyone's lying to everybody. And you realize like Laurel doesn't know. I mean, Laurel doesn't know. And Bonnie doesn't know because <laughs> Bonnie spends half her time protecting him. Yeah. Well, it, and it's crazy too because, you know, there's been so many hints at like the fact that Frank could be someone who's a hitman. We don't know that for sure up until that point. You know, like, like when he says, you know, you want me to take care of it you know, about, I think, uh, about uh, Sam's sister, about Hannah yeah. and stuff, you know. There's a part of you that's like, oh, is he talking about that? But also you're like, no, I don't think so. I mean... No, and there was that whole scene with the two of you where you say you're mob, right? Right. Which was, I think, in episode 10. Yes. He tells you that whole story and then yeah. he cracks up and you go, okay, so clearly we're literally stereotyping him. Right. It also... I gotta say, like talking about a stone cold killer, that scene is, I remember talking to Bill D'Elia who directed the episode, that last episode, when we first were talking about the script and there's this old movie that most of you guys are too young to have seen that's an Alfred Hitchcock movie and it's called Frenzy and it's, it's mm. really, it's really disturbing and it's when Alfred Hitchcock who directed a whole bunch of movies in the 40s and the 50s and they were really famous and they're really good old thrillers. So any of you guys who like, like this kind of stuff, they're really good to check out. But he shot this movie in the 60s, maybe early 70s, I'd have to check. And it's a movie about a sexual predator who strangles women. Scariest, weirdest strangulation ever. And I said to Bill, who loves Alfred Hitchcock, mm. so this is like Frenzy, and he was like, it's Frenzy. Or he just looked at me and he went, whatever. I can't remember, but that was probably more like it. <laughs> Bill was going, like, I'm just going to humor the poor woman because she's so moronic about this stuff. It is so chilling because Frank, who's Frank, who's like cuddly Frank with this right. strange facial hair. Right. So isn't it weird to be like the one student who doesn't know what's going on or is it really great? It's a little bit of both. Because you probably have more longevity possibly. Right, potentially. <laughs> or not. I mean, it, you know, it's a little bit of both. I never like to presume that a storyline attempting to go one way or another is actually going to affect, like, for example, my life on a show. You know, yeah. I think it's just like the same way you can't know who the killer is going to be. You can't know, you know, what's going to lead gonna you down what path. Exactly. Yeah. And in some ways, I, I don't know. I think that's like just a, a, a healthy, like psychological adjustment, you know? And, and I think that that's one that I've kind of assumed in just in general in my position in this business. I think it's sort of helpful. You know, you get very lucky when you get to be a part of a show like this. And I've gotten lucky twice now, you know, coming from Orange is the New Black. And you guys were just such a good show. You're so you. good on that show. Thank you. We couldn't believe you were available enough to do this. That yeah. was the, when we cast you, it was like, what? Yeah. How'd that happen? Yeah, no, I, I was so excited to be a part of this and you know it's just it's like anything it's like you know you see people there's people who've been way more famous than me way you know bigger careers who have are nowhere to be seen now too so it happens and and I think that for me, it's like, it helps me really kind of appreciate everything and not just assume that things will be what they are. Right? I think that is such a healthy lifestyle choice. And I, I, can t I always continue to try to remind myself, like, I cannot believe I do this job yeah. and that people still hire me and pay me money. Right, yeah. Don't get any ideas, you guys. <laughs> Whoever's listening from Disney, really, I'm doing a great job. There's That's no right. reason to take me seriously. That's right. Clearly, There's not a I'm bunch of children's toys in the office really? that she plays with here. <laughs> So, but I do, I actually feel, I always feel like really lucky that I get to do it yeah. and that 
you know, there's this world out there where I come to work every day and you guys are doing this amazing work and I get to watch it and I get to sit and watch things and not get to go to set and think about it a lot. Right, exactly. Just imagine it. It's all super good. Yeah. How much do you think that you've infused, because you got Asher and Asher was one thing, but it feels to me like you've infused a lot of Asher with other stuff. Right. Because Asher really started to emerge as this totally other guy when you stepped in his shoes. Well, and this sort of goes back to, I think, like even the, the last question. Because I don't have a ton of dramatic responsibilities all the time or a character that's seen quite as much, I'm allowed, I feel like I can do things that I don't have to worry has to connect to the next scene yeah, as yeah, much yeah. too. So that allows me to give more options yeah. as well. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, on the pilot, it, you know, we're all hanging out and then the, you know, the couple of days happen where they do the the shoots in the woods and I'm sort of like, you know, I was like, oh, I wish I could be a part of this. But then there's times where I'm like, it's been a long week and then I get to go home and they're stuck and, you know, going outside and filming in, in the cold, you know. My acting teacher in New York, a guy named Bob Krakauer, who's really quite wonderful. He's pretty well known. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. He's really quite awesome. And, you know, he's always said that what your job is, is to excite the writers to want to write for you. And that's the same thing in an audition. In an audition, if your role is a possible recurring or it's a series regular, you need to show them what is not on the page because you want them to be, you want to excite them to be able to write for you for the next seven years. You know, I, I kind of like playing side characters in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's a lot of fun. And basically, I, I think about what, what I want to see. I feel like I had a lot of self-doubt for a long time. And someone who is very close to me made the, the point. She was like, you know, why don't you do what you would want to see? Yeah, I think, I mean, weirdly, I didn't realize that, like, if it's what you want to see thing for the longest time, because I was in movies for years before right. we started TV. Right. We always say this, but like Grey's Anatomy came from Sean and me sitting in a room going, wait a second, like we're looking at television. There's not that much we want to watch. What do we want to watch? Yeah. And in a vacuum, left to our own devices, what do we want to watch? Yeah. And it was sort of like, well, what about a world where there's this and there's this and there's this and everybody, everybody's flawed and screwed up and mm-hmm. everyone's sleeping with each other. And, <laughs> you know, and they all are really good at their jobs, but they're really messed up mm-hmm. because that's sort of the way I felt. Yeah. You always hope that people are going to want to like what you like, but the only thing you have is what you like. Right. So, and, and I think it's a good way to take the pressure off yourself. Essentially, you're only taking responsibility for, this is what I would want to see. Yeah. Not this, I think this is great taste, which is weirdly a different thing. T- totally thing. Yeah, that's yeah. not my job. My job is simply to be honest about what it is yeah. that I actually enjoy. Right. But no, I think it's I think it's a good litmus for an actor, too, because yeah. that's all you've got is you. That's true. So you got to apply it. Um, we got some fan questions for mm. you. Heather... At Heather M.C. Nab, I always pronounce these things really badly, um, <laughs> wants to know, if you could get away with any crime, what would you want it to be? Maybe um, murder? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> maybe living, this is the lamest thing ever, like living in another country without like a visa. Clearly, clearly Matt thinks in a very <laughs> felonious way. <laughs> uh, I've never, I've never really committed crimes. Like the worst crime I ever committed was I was in like, uh, like fifth grade and I like stole a pack of gum from a store and then I felt really bad so I left the money for it the next day. Yeah, I have a similar criminal history. Yeah, is much. that right? Yeah, I cheated once and then I went to the teacher and said that I cheated. That's hilarious. Which is ridiculous. Okay, so you guys, essentially he's a... I'm perfect. He's a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> is what we're saying. Um, Tamara wants to know at Sparkly Lights, how much of Asher's lines are improv? Most of them are not, um, but occasionally there's bits that make it in and sometimes I don't know sometimes the I think most of the improvisation I don't know if you would call it that necessarily comes not though in the dialogue but in the maybe delivery mm-hmm. or the physical 
affectations that kind of come with it. Very little of the physical stuff is scripted, and I end up probably doing a lot of physical stuff. That is correct, and basically the way we've worked it is as soon as we realize that you do this physical stuff, it's like we don't step on it. We hmm. just, we know essentially, or they know, I should say, I'm not, I'm not writing it. But the conversations have been had, which is just let you go, because it's like, give you the line, and then we know that you can either do a tiny little thing or a three-act play if we right. need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tamara from Sparkly Lights also wants to know, what's your favorite kind of pie? Maybe pumpkin pie. Interesting, so you're a Thanksgiving guy. I am. I mean, I think, you know, growing up in New York on the East Coast, that with like a scoop of ice cream. That's my jam. Pretty good. Um, Gabrielle Marie at Gabs Gabs wants to know, if you didn't act, what else do you think you would do? Hmm. Also, any interesting hobbies or skills? I know of one, certainly. Yeah. You, you have an amazing skill, which you can lift a lot of weight. Just for, you know, realism's sake, I probably would still be personal training, which I did for 10 years and really enjoyed doing for a while and sort of climbed in that world. And uh, yeah, so I was in that world for a long time and competed in powerlifting and all that stuff. So I'd, I'd probably still be doing something like that if I guess I hadn't gotten lucky enough to have some career boosts, you know. Shinky Star wants to know, Magical Girl, what do you think the couple name for Bonnie and Asher should be? Well, I think there's two on the table right now. There's Basher and Bosher. Do you have a preference? I don't understand why Ashy hasn't come up. <laughs> mm, I think I do. I think I do. I mean, well, I guess no. Basher's a thing too, I suppose. I don't know. It's a show about probably murder. Bosher. Bosher. Yeah, because Basher already is a thing, and that's some I negative Bosher's connotation. Basher is sort of good. Right. I think Basher has negative connotation. I totally. So does Ashy. Justin B. Lucero wants to know at JubRLu86. There should be, by the way, you know, celebrities meeting, reading mean tweets. You should do Betsy reading uh, the, Twitter handles. Twitter handles, because it's yeah. hopeless. Um, who is someone fascinating you would like to meet? James Spader is a wonderful, wonderful actor. I've never met him. And I, I've only actually seen him in Blacklist, you know, and I quite like him in that. I'd say Matthew McConaughey is another one. I did get to meet him at the SAG Awards, but I'd sort of be interested just to kind of sit down and pick his mind a little bit. Thank you very much for doing this. I really, really appreciate you Thank coming you. in on your day off and humoring me here in our office. Of and um, I learned a lot of stuff. See, this is what's great about this. It's a great side job because I actually get to talk to you guys and I learn all these things I didn't know. Next week on Grey's Anatomy, oh, you guys, this is such a good episode of television. Um, it's called The Distance. I think you've been following the fact that Gina Davis's character, Dr. Herman, is probably not in great shape. And this is Amelia's episode. This is Amelia's episode in which she tries to take on the tumor. And it is kind of amazing. I'm just gonna say it's kind of amazing. Next time on Scandal, we also have an incredibly different episode than the episodes that you've been watching so far since the winter hiatus ended. It's incredibly emotional, really moving, very intense. I really, really recommend that you watch this. And it's, it's just an incredible, incredible hour of television. And I just wanna point out, because we're gonna be off the air with How to Get Away with Murder, you guys really wanna check out the series premiere of American Crime. This is an amazing new drama by John Ridley who, of course, you guys know from 12 Years a Slave, and Felicity Huffman and Timothy Hutton star in it, and I recommend you guys all check it out. Thanks for following all of the Shondaland shows on Twitter, um, liking them on Facebook, and getting caught up on abc.com, or watch ABC app if you miss an episode of any of these shows. Please, please, please remember that you can get this podcast on itunes.com slash Shondaland. Um, so we'll be back next week with another Shondaland Revealed podcast. And until then, please stay safe. Have a great week. Bye-bye.